What is this? For the mess. For the mess. Can I begin? Uh-huh, just a chill kid. I got the cars to the deck you should deal with. I got the flows and not your head. Can you feel it? I put the beans in the bag and I will never spill it. Yes, sir, damn right. I keep it low-key. They must got all time as if they say that they know. Welcome to the For the Masters Podcast. My name is John Baird, your host. I'm excited to be with you. I'm excited to meet you where you are right now at this point in time. And I have a fellow podcaster on. His name is Stefan Campbell from the Men's Truth Podcast. I'm super grateful for having him on because I was completely wrong about like where his podcast came from, like why he started it. And I think it turns for the positive while you listen to the episode of like how he really came up with the idea for his podcast, how he got his co-host and their format of their podcast as well. And like the effort he puts into it. And um, he's pretty seasoned in his podcast game. But before we jump into the episode, let's get our admin tasks out of the way because we do what we have to do. And it's up and it's stuck. Please follow us on Instagram at For The Masses Podcast, the same at Facebook at For The Masses Podcast and on our YouTube at JB The Masses Podcast. Please remember our anchor supporters, it's up. It's up, and if you want the production and the guests to continue to get better and better, please support the podcast financially, okay? I'm super grateful for you, all you listening as well, okay? So let's get into the episode at For The Masses Podcast. Stefan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. We usually have video going, but I didn't want you guys to be weirded out by the video, so we're not going to do it. <laughs> Stefan Campbell, where are you from? Um, originally from Trinidad and Tobago, but I've been living in Jamaica for the past... 14 years. Wow. So what are you doing in the States right now? Um, with my girlfriend and with family. How did you guys meet? Interesting story. It's like I'm grilling you. Now. <laughs> Interesting story. Uh, she, she, she came to Jamaica for a trip and uh, I was, went, to, went to a club. I wasn't even supposed to go to the club because a few days before they had stolen my car and all of those things. So I wasn't in Jamaica? Even, yeah. I got it back though. But yeah. You ran up on them? Yeah. Let's go! I got it back. That's that's the the the, the moral of the story. Yeah, so so we went to the club, and to be honest, we just started talking. It was nothing planned. I actually, thought she was one of those Instagram girls. Um, yeah, so uh, you know, and I thought she was just talking to me just because she was bored. So I was like, "Might as well." I understand you. You're a tourist. You just want to have some yeah. conversation. So. <laughs> and fell in love, quite frankly, in in, in one night. The most unbelievable thing. That's amazing. Yeah, for real. So how did you pull up on her? You told her you were a rapper? Of course not. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> no, I think we had a very honest conversation. I think she probably thought I was a scammer, though. Yeah. Because um, the lifestyle in Jamaica is far different from... Because we don't, we don't buy cups of drinks, we buy bottles of drinks. Oh. Yeah, so it was just a lot of rum. And I was smoking like a... $500 cigar and all of those things. So this is the first time she ever had a cigar and all of that. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's, that's how it started. Man, that's amazing. So you guys met in Jamaica and then how did you keep the relationship going? It was coming back and forth. So we, we exchanged numbers and we just started talking over like, I mean, on and off for like a year or so. And then it moved from that to visits to us just deciding that we're going to do it. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So what do you do? So I teach at the University of the West Indies. We call it lecturer, you all call it professor. So I've been doing that for the past 11 years since I was 21. Yeah. 21, 22. Yeah, so that's that's what I do. Teach communication consultancy on the other side. That's awesome. Yeah. So hold on. So what 
like w- like what are the requirements to like teach at university? To teach at university, you need at least a master's degree and a PhD. But so I started teaching without a PhD. I'm just finishing up my PhD now. I started teaching without my PhD because, well, it started as part-time, but because I was doing so much research and helping out with so much research, I had I had the, the, the skills without that final paper. So, I, so, so somebody just took a chance and was a chance that I would never, never, ever be ungrateful for because the average person would not have gotten it at yeah, all at all, you know? So, yeah. Sure. That's awesome. That it, yeah. So you started teaching at 21, so that means you had your master's at 21? Yeah. Man, so did you go to college early? Like 17, 16? No, I went to college. So our universities are three-year. Okay. So I went to college 18, 18, so 19, 20, 21. So 22, I got it at 22. So I started teaching even before I finished the master's. So I got the master's at at 22, but I started teaching the moment I started my master's, which was 21. Okay. Which was September 6, 20, which was September 6. Never forget that date. That was the first time I actually stepped into a classroom. Um, So from then, yeah. And then ended up full time when I got when I finished the masters. Yeah, and that was it. That's and, so, it. and you're working in PhD now. Yeah. What's your focus? So the PhD is in social policy. The topic is suicide among Caribbean among Caribbean men. Yeah. Is it high? Is that like a thing? Yeah. Um, so Trinidad and Tobago has the third highest suicide rate in the Latin American and Caribbean region. Jamaica Jamaica zone is going down, but. Um, I lost a few friends to suicide, so that was the motivation. I'm sorry. Behind it, yeah. So that was it. Um, so I don't really. It's high, but I mean, there are places in the in the world that's much higher. But yeah. I don't. I don't like to look at the numbers. I like to look at the fact that it's lives. Somebody died, and somebody's somebody or their family member, friend is thinking about what they could have done, why they didn't see it, or how could they not have noticed it, and all of these things. So. So it's really about how do we create policies to catch those people with suicide ideation, aka suicidal thoughts. Yeah. So the suicide rate is that high that like you're personally impacted a lot by it, like that you know people that that committed suicide in Jamaica. Yeah. So 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 it's. I mean, I don't really like to look at the numbers. I mean, high high or not, like somebody died yeah. and somebody and somebody lost their life. But yeah. So it's definitely started off as like personal. Yeah. Like, how could I have missed it? Or did we do something? And it's, and especially among men, because suicide global is two to nine times higher than women. Women attempt suicide more than men, though. And but it's usually a cry for help. Men die by suicide two to nine times more globally. The 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 suicide is the, the second highest killer of men after lifestyle diseases. Then there's there's war and, 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 and murder and all of those things. So it's, it's up there. Why, why for men? Why is it hard for men? One, I think usually it's harder for men to talk about the issues or their feelings for fear of ridicule, for fear of the masculinity being questioned, the, because they're going to appear weak and all of those things. That's one. Two, it's hard for men to even seek help because generally, I mean, it's, it's, it's all based on the same thing, masculinity. Like usually men don't like to go to hospital. Usually men don't like to say that they're sick. So men by and large globally, which is a terrifying thing, would suffer in silence or literally die before they get help. Plus there's also the expectations of 
all right, Nina's provider. So if I can't provide, then I am no longer a man. And if I'm no longer a man, then I might as well not be alive. Yeah. Right. Whether it's shame, um, embarrassment, um, just so much fear. And I think the day the other day, it leads to this kind of tunnel vision where when a man makes up his mind that, you know, that is better than this, then there's no there's no real reason for him to talk about it. Yeah. So that's why they say like women would do it as a cry for help to to have to open up a conversation about it. When a man has made up his mind about it, there's no need to talk about it. Yeah. So so just think about that. So I'm afraid to talk about my issues before, but now that I've made up my mind that talking about my issues doesn't make any sense, even less reason for me to talk, talk about, about it. it. And that's it. That's so crazy. Yeah. And suicide is one of those things that impact not only the person who passed away, but everyone around them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Because without giving away too much detail, like even with my own experiences, then like you, you start thinking about, you don't want to be a disappointment. You don't want to hurt loved ones because you don't think that you're good enough. And then you do something that final. And then you're going to leave the people you love the most with so many questions, again, wondering, like, what could I have done? Why didn't I see it? And all of those things. And they have to live with that for life, you know? So just talk to somebody. as It might be the, the hardest thing to do, but just talk. And sometimes, like, when you talk to people, you realize that the issues that you have aren't as black and white as it feels. But it, it gets deeper than it, it, it's... And it's not just... And I think the other issue is that we just think that telling a man that he needs to talk about it should make him talk about it when the data shows that we spend three times more time in a in in a young boy's life so a boy and a girl we spend three times as much time teaching a a little girl how to express her emotions than a young boy we teach a young boy how to play sports and all of these things but not to express his emotions so when he becomes an adult what do you think what, like, how do you expect him to then finally learn how to talk about it? He, nobody didn't teach him in, in the formative period of his life. So it's not just something that he could just up and decide to talk about. And when he decides to, it has to be a, a space that's safe enough for somebody to respond and say, listen, you're not saying it in a way that I uh, I would prefer, but I, I, I'm at least glad that you're saying it yeah. because that's a start. But if you don't say it, then there's there's no starting point. Like, how do we really help? We don't even know, yeah. you know? So, yeah. Man, that's real. So does your research, do you, like, specialize in just, like, finding out the reasons men or women can, like, commit suicide? Or do you help develop tools to help, you know, people, like, find places to go to, like, talk about it? Yeah, so that's the aim. That's the That's the ultimate aim. Like, how do we create or expand on existing safe spaces so like the podcast that we started the men's youth podcast that was something that came out of the research like how do we show men that you know you can talk about it's not about right or wrong just just talk about how you feel other people have started podcasts too which is exactly what we wanted but like again i think it's moving to the point like how do we like i recently started thinking about is there could we create a checklist of things that you know if you see if you notice so even if the man isn't talking about it what are some things what are some signals that if you see like you could like start a, like perform an intervention or something like that i think yeah. if we get to that level it's going to save a lot more it's going to save a lot more people you know so yeah. that's how i see it that's yeah. how i see it yeah that's awesome so like for like the everyday person like like what are some tools they can they can use like right now to like 
and find safe places? Well, Counseling? Yeah, so for men, I think some of them already exist. So like the barber shop is a, is a place that literally saves lives. That's right. You go for a haircut and you leave a, a, with a lot more than just a haircut or a shave. The bar is not conventional, but a lot of people speak the truth at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> right? It also comes with a bad, though, because alcohol, drunk driving kills more people than, than, than anything else. But they've been, like, more and more countries are training barbers, countries are training bartenders, countries are training coaches. Those places that traditionally men congregate, to have those people equipped enough to just say a word that can prevent somebody from doing something. In the home, though, it's twofold. It's about telling people who are... One of the biggest misconceptions about suicide is that talking about it leads the person to it. And it's the complete opposite. The more you talk about suicide, the less you actually want to do it. So asking someone if they're, if they're feeling suicidal is actually something you can do to prevent it. So don't shy away from it, right? And then the other thing is, if you're really asking someone how they feel, it should be just that. How do you feel? Instead of asking, are you okay? Are you okay is a closed-ended question. It's an easy answer. Yeah. I'm fine. If someone, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, that is, so how do you feel? Like, Stay away from things like, I can't believe you, you feel like this or you feel like that. That's judgment. Uh, and, and sometimes as simple, I'm here if you're ready to talk. And just leave it at that. It's a scary place to be because then you feel like, what more can I do? And do, is it just a waiting game? But just having that open space where someone can talk can really make a big difference. Can really make a big difference. But things like, but then it's not just that because you have to look at things like depression and stress and all of these things. These things are very real. So signs of depression and all of these things... These are things that we have to pay attention to. But, you know, but oftentimes you look at depression. Depression manifests in men different from women. Depression manifests in men. Some Usually we talk about depression as lack of motivation, you know, lack of zeal, laziness, and all of those things. You, typically in men, it manifests in the other thing. Hyper, hyperactivity, always busy, overworking. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, that... In, in a common environment, it looks common because a man who is productive is looked at as ambitious, yeah. not depressed. Yeah. So when so so oftentimes, if someone like that kills themselves, it's like, but he was fine. Like he was doing all he was doing. He was fine. Like I can't believe, but that could be a symptom of depression, a lack of balance between family life and work life and social life. All of these things are indicators. And I'm not saying somebody who is depressed automatically feels suicidal but the risk definitely increases no absolutely so it's crazy that you're like bringing this up in like this like civilian capacity because i personally haven't heard anything about suicide other than the military really? yeah because you know they say like the military is like a microcosm of society mm-hmm. so you see you see the world's problems like like you you see it on a daily basis mm-hmm. you know so you know we have a lot of like suicide prevention awareness training and um that's where i see it uh, a lot and mainly um because the, the burden of performance of being in the military you know everyone wants to outperform everyone you know so especially like the men you're like always going always going feel like you have to you know be the standard mm. you know and um and that's what i always equated to like the burden of performance mm. you know, especially for men yeah um interesting because like the highest suicides are higher among men in uniform in trinidad and tobago the highest 
I believe it. Soldiers and police officers. I believe it. Usually murder suicides. Really? Yeah. Highest. And and so you, you alluded to something earlier. You have a podcast it's called mm. the Men's Truth Podcast. Mm-hmm. And your tagline, it's the truth. There's the truth and then the there's men's, men's truth. truth. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought I was gonna get it right. <laughs> and so that that came from your research. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So talk about the podcast, talk about like how you developed the platform, your co hosting with that. So it, it wasn't planned that to be honest. It was one day so one day I was in my office and I know one of the, well, I know the two guys, but they are from two different worlds. Okay. And one, one of them was in the office talking to me and then the other one showed up and the conversation just got so deep real quick. And I, and I, like, I had the mic and it just started talking and it evolved into, again, it's, you never realize how much the average person is carrying around until they start talking. Because in my mind, these were two pretty established, pretty okay guys. And then the conversation got real deep, real quick. Yeah. Fears, anxieties, trauma, doubts, and all of these things. You know, so we call it men's truth because so there is a truth that we tell you that we commonly tell like women and society that truth to avoid drama and issues or or confronting whatever we're facing. And then there's our truth in the most intimate spaces among ourselves where we are vulnerable, where we are open, and we just talk about things quite frankly. Um, so that's, that's, that's where it came from. So the episodes are really how we feel. And, and I think that's something we try to maintain. And it's, and it's a reason why we're still like primarily underground because we never wanted to feel like it's being diluted, like we started listening to other people's, yeah. other people's voices or perceptions. And no, you have to balance, because as the audience is growing, like you have to balance responsibility as well. And what you say can have real impacts on people. But how do you still maintain that genuine, listen, I, I don't feel good, I don't feel okay, or I feel... This is what I strongly believe and why. And and so we have not, like, the season that we're going into, we definitely want to get more people, like, the interview and all of those things. But so you do so you do seasons? Yeah. So we under, yeah. So every season is, like, 15 to 20 episodes. So we're going on season four now. Hour-long episodes? Oh, uh, uh, 35 to 45 minutes. Okay. Yeah, 35 to 45 minutes when we've had guests. Right. But we try not to go beyond like 45 minutes. Yeah. People's attention span and all of those things. But yeah, so that's that's where it came out of us. And so most of the things we talk about, some of them serious, some of them are just casual conversations. But as best as possible, we, we, we try to be um, genuine. You know, some of them are explicit. Some of them are clean. But at the end of the day, it's just how we... That's how we feel at the time. And to be honest, we've done episodes. And at the end of it, we're like, no, we're definitely not putting this out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too yeah. real? Yeah, it's too, it's real. But at the same time, you still need to be responsible because you don't want to sidetrack from the aim, which is that we want people to listen, right? And it's so, and I think in this day and age, it's so easy for people to take one thing you say and you know, like the baby with the bathwater. And I think that's my role because... So I'm basically at the intersection of, of, of all of these communities, professional, informal, quite frankly, people on both sides of the law and all of these things. So how do I still maintain that balance, right? And so that it, it doesn't become something that sidetracked or, 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 or anything like that. So, but as, we, as the conversations go, uh, and then there's your, so feelings and how we feel is, is fine. 
but like we we still need to stick to things like fact yeah right so you could feel a certain way but it can on a platform like that you still have to balance it with with actual with actual facts absolutely you know um and i think that's especially in this day and age where it's so easy just to turn a mic on or turn a camera on and say anything and some and, and very few people are media literate which is another thing i believe in. like media literacy is something that we should be pushing more i don't believe in censorship and restrictions but the audience needs to be educated enough to be able to distinguish between what is fact or what is fiction you know um so that's the, that's the next step that's definitely the next step no, I, I agree. Definitely, like, everything you hear on the internet isn't real, you know? Yeah, but well, you can't tell some people that because, like, even even today, like, there was discussion in, in a group about the vaccinations, and I had to tell them, listen, this is a, a communal space. We're not going to talk about religion. We're not going to talk about politics. Let's add the vaccination because at the end of the day, it's already descending into personal attacks and all that. So create a group, a separate group for that, and y'all can have that conversation. Yeah. Well, first things first, we need to even figure out if we're in the same boxing ring, yeah. that, that we're not just shadow boxing, so, which means that very first and foremost, you need to define what we're talking about. If you can't even define what you're talking about, then we're not in the same ring. If you get upset when I ask you to define it, then it means that we're not in the same weight class because I don't know what we're talking. We're not talking about <laughs> the same thing. thing. We're not talking. So if you're talking about vaccine hesitancy, Right. Mm-hmm. And I tell and I ask you to what does vaccine hesitancy mean to you? And you say, how dare I ask you that question? Then they, we, there's nothing else, yeah. you know. And so. So that's important. Of course. Right. And then if you share a source with me and you don't fact check it. And these are things that we learn in school, like if like fonts, not because something has what we define as a professional font. So some platforms are using the same fonts that CNN, CNN uses to create. American News Now, American yeah. Voice, and you see that and it looks credible because mentally it seems you've seen it before, yeah. right? And then you share share it in a group and you say, this is the fact. And, and then I share a link that says it's been fact-checked so many times and it's fake. And then you say, well, why do you believe that that the fact-check is factual? And so, so let's just avoid all of those things. Let's just avoid all of those things. It's not going to lead anywhere. No, I, I agree. <laughs> and so what's the what's the premise of your podcast? Like, are you looking to uh, show people that men can't talk about their feelings, men can't create a safe place for themselves? Like, what's the what's the goal? Well, you, you said it. That's spot on. Men can talk. So we're leading by example, right? I think the ultimate goal is to move from podcasts to actual development programs, actual seminars, actual self-help. Things. ultimately we would want to like transcribe and at, le- at least have like a manuscript or something have collaborators to, to get the message out as, as as much as possible we're staying away from sponsorship and all of those things because i think when, once money gets involved then is the potential for the message to get diluted because now it's no longer about what you say but how does what you say reflect on the people who are yeah. paying your bills you know but we're definitely thinking about getting it on the radio and all of those things but it's it's not going to be the same and we definitely want to branch off into like women's truth kids truth like just people having a space to talk about things um and for everybody else just to sit down and shut up and listen like this is not your this is not your time this yeah. is not your time to talk about what about women 
or what about no this is our space in that space there again when we talk about the boxing ring let's let's just make sure we're talking about this we can what well, we let's 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 flesh this out then we can talk about other things but because again the reality is most men don't even know what they feel or where their feelings come from right or have an identity outside of something outside of of being told that they have to protect every most of the things most of the elements of a man's identity has nothing to do with him in and of himself Emily. protector you have to be protecting something or somebody provider you have to be providing something for somebody so when you strip away those things like who are you without those things do you have an identity in and of yourself that you can say this is who i am whether i can provide or not whether i can protect or not whether i can please or not like who am i that's the ultimate question who am i without all of these things once you strip away all of those external locuses of control who am who am i in and of myself for myself and by myself and that's not being selfish that's being self-aware and the more self-aware you are is the more you can identify what your value is in someone else's life and and and, and yeah that's real so my last question right well you you kind of got to it like what's one thing that people listening can do to like create their own safe place yeah, but uh, yeah, and I think in this day, and, and this is where technology comes in. Like, you have all that you need to create your own spaces, create your own catharsis. There's a quote that says, "In the abundance of water, the fool is thirsty." Like, we live in an age with more information than our entire human history, more access, and we use it less and less. Like we just started using a journaling app there. I mean, the the Anchor platform is, is free. There's so many things you can use. You don't have to wait on somebody else um, to do it. And, you know, the funny thing is, I think I've been waiting to do the podcast. When we started, like this year is what? This is 2021? 2021. Started 2020. I think I waited a full year before I actually just decided to press record because i was doing the same thing i was waiting to see if somebody else would do it yeah and i would have discussions with people and i said but why don't we have this or why don't you do this and people like yeah that's a good idea it never happened yeah. so sometimes it's really just to do it for yourself yeah plain and simple you don't need to wait i mean it's, it's better to have community but i think safe spaces especially with all that's going on is, is is everyone needs an outlet of um for expression because it could literally be a matter of life and death. So don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. And ask for help. Ask for help. Ladies and gentlemen, especially men, ask for help. Does it make you less of a man? It makes you more of a man. Just ask for help. Every great man you've known had help and was very, very, very open and honest about that. So ask for help. You, you, you can't go wrong with that. Wow. Stefan, I appreciate you joining the podcast, bro. That's a pleasure. Hella man. value. <laughs> Thank Hella you. value. Thank and you. then Thank we have our first in-studio guest. <laughs> Alexis Holmes. No, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, man. Thank you. Wow. What did I say? What did I say? I said it would turn, but turn for the better, you know, and he has such a humble approach to like why he's doing what he's doing. I know for them, their podcast is going to continue to grow. You know, he talked about suicide prevention, the rate of suicide in men around the world, you know, and I'm just super grateful. I was able to have someone like that on the show. I'm um, to really highlight the 
men's truth, you know, and that man, we as men can create a safe place and we're not just tied to our performance. We're not just tied to our looks and we're not tied to just what, what we look like. So I'm super grateful for everyone listening. Thank you so much for the message podcast. This podcast is dedicated to my mother, Alfredo Bullock. She ran her race with elegance and pride. I love you forever and forever.